You've got a lot of sausages and things that just come to their head and... And it chipped it away again! Toby Flood. God's sake! He pulled my scrub cap off and he squirted water in my face and you're not allowed to do that. Shut it off! Shut the goodness off! What a yoga! <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Wayside Rugby podcast, the podcast about Norwegian rugby that apparently everyone wants, so, uh, so we'll give it to you. Here with you every week ish when we can uh, get ourselves organized and, and get stuff up but we are we'll be here with you uh over summer today i'm delighted to have tom with me uh we're going to talk about the women's sevens that's just happened in in budapest we're going to talk a bit about rugby championship the under 20s world cup we'll do tom's favorite thing which is eddie jones bashing um, we'll look ahead to the under 20s World Cup final, the rugby championship, um, and just some general shite chat, really. But first, uh, Tom, how are you doing? I'm all right, not too bad. Yeah, yeah. How's, how's uh, for people who don't know, Tom has got a, he's got a job and is moving to where are you moving to, mate? North of Norway. Best I'd roll in. But like, how north? Like proper north, like um, Arctic Circle north, I think it is. Uh, it's it's pretty far away, mm. which is nice. Yeah, sounds just like, uh, sounds like your perfect place, mate. Yeah, I don't have to see anyone. Hopefully there's a one pub in the whole village, so I don't have to choose different pubs every day. Just go <laughs> to the same place every day. I hate it on a night out where you have to go to like four or five different bars. Just go to one bar and stick there. Like, what else are you going to do in different places? How many? You said it's like 5,000 people or something up there. I think it's like 2,000. There's literally no one. 2,000. Most of them are related yeah. as well, aren't they? Yeah. I think it might be an app. Or is that Iceland where you have an app to check? Oh, that might... Or you're not related. Yeah, yeah, there might be an app up there. You're going to be like... Uh... You're going to be like The Bachelor. Yeah, I'm going to be tanned as well. They must be really white. <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, how are you going to balance um, living up in the north and uh, being head coach of Blendon? I'm not. I'm retiring as head coach of Blendon. I've coached one game against Trondheim last season and we won. So I've got 100% undefeated record for Blendon. So I think that must be a record actually. Not sure if anyone else is there. Uh, undefeated as Linda and Co. So you backed out before you've talked all this talk and then before the 15, 15 season starts, you move it up north and you've backed out of Linda and coaching. It's all about the stats, mate. All about the stats. <laughs> undefeated. The greatest record in the history of Norway. Yep. I've never lost to Sargna. Well, I've never been on the pitch whilst we've been losing to Sargna. Sort of a stat for me as well. So you can say whatever you want now and nothing's going to happen unless someone's going to try and come up to the north to try and get you. Yeah, I can say exactly what I want. It's going to be really fun, that. So it's not like I've not been doing it already, but yeah. Tom Riley, uncensored. Yeah. Well, I'll wait till I go up to the north and I'll start really kicking off about his crap in Blinden. (laughs) And he's stealing a shirt. Apart from Will, obviously Will's stealing a shirt, but uh, some of us as well. That that's fair enough, mate. Everyone need that. a bit more criticism. 
you can't do the Stuart Lancaster um, commuting in every day. Nah, I haven't got the energy for that. Don't have the private plane on uh, up there. I might commute in, but commute in five minutes before our training's finished and go to Sargna Bar. <laughs> might do that. That's the uh, the tactical meeting. Yeah, the brains trust. Let's talk about some. Let's talk about some rugby. I guess the women have been in Europe playing playing sevens, sevens trophy this weekend. On I think it was this weekend, seventh of July. That's the weekend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the women's sevens team were in were in Budapest. The tournament was won by by Ukraine, so they seem to be doing. They seem to be winning quite a lot of stuff. The men and both the men and the women, they seem to be doing really well. Um, but yeah, our our guys came came ninth. They beat Israel in the in the ninth tenth playoff. Always good to get one off on Israel. They absolutely battered Bulgaria in the in a ranking match or like a quarter final type thing, forty eight five. So that seems like pretty good. Pretty good result for those for those guys. They had a they had a tough group with with Turkey, who were the eventual finalist, and Latvia, um, and Israel as well. So they beat Israel in the group and then beat them in the ninth tenth playoffs. So doing their country proud, I think. I'm, we're trying to see if we can get someone on from from the from the women's side of rugby to just have a chat with us and and see how they're doing and what the plans are for stuff. But um, you got any you got any comments on on that? I think it's quite a good time to be a, a women's sevens player in Norway because where have they been? Budapest. They've been Budapest. They've been to some decent places, yeah. Yeah, they've had like they've had more tournaments than they've had three or four tournaments in the last like month. Sounds amazing. Actually, yeah. been off traveling Europe and just playing in all these tournaments. And they've been playing against like they played against like Britain and stuff. They played against proper teams. Yeah, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Because Norway doesn't really do rugby and then they're off to against great Britain in in these tournaments it's a bit bit crazy yeah imagine if we um, played Great Britain at sevens oh my god we get absolutely uh, hand do you reckon we touched the board we can amend Norwegian men's sevens team and touched the board against the the UK sevens team yeah oh. I know, but maybe but it is it's very cool that they get to go off to all these places and play against all these great teams yeah, I wonder if it's um, I wonder if they're funded because they're doing a lot of traveling. They've done like the last three or four weekends. They've been out in these different various places. I wonder if it's funded. Well, if it's not funded, then it's a hell of a commitment from the girls, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that's three tournaments back to back, pretty much going around Europe and competing with some like really good teams. So it's quite cool positive yeah well uh, as i said we'll try and see if we can get someone on to talk to talk about to talk about them because they've been they've been busy recently over the over this summer break so shout out to them hopefully uh this is the start of them doing a bit more of this stuff and then and then climbing up the climbing up the ladder on to level of rugby that's that's a bit below that the rugby championship started this weekend south africa Australia in Pretoria and Argentina All Blacks. You you were at the pub for this, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I didn't really watch much of the rugby while I was at the pub. 
I was sort of chatting away instead of watching it intensely for the tactics and stuff. But there's no point really because Australia were just rubbish yeah. and Argentina were just rubbish as well. It was nasty. So two crap games, to be honest. I bet bit one-sided this weekend. Yeah, but to be honest, I'm not sure whether Australia have rubbish players or a rubbish coach or both. Like, <laughs> I can't work out why they're so bad. Every time Australia plays, they pick someone who I've never even heard of. Every single time. Who's this Hooper guy? Not Michael Hooper, the other one. To know exactly that's the problem you've never heard of them and the reason you haven't heard of them is because they're rubbish this weekend just for some context in south africa people were kicking off about south africa how they it was apparently a second team that they were playing they'd sent a load of players to new zealand already to acclimatize to new zealand don't know what acclimatizing to new zealand means steroids uh, get your steroids in early <laughs> Missing the missing the drug the drug testing week. Think about it. The drugs tested will go to South Africa to test the players before the South Africa New Zealand game. So before the South Africa Australia game. So if you're in a different country, they can't test you, can they? It's what the tennis players do. They all file over the work all around the world in the off season, so their drugs testers can't get. They can't get. They can't find them. <laughs> yeah, and there's a very famous uh, female tennis player that just didn't open the door when she cut her foot. That's it. That's from crap not... over. No, Serena. Oh, did she? She caught her foot and then didn't open the door when the drugs testers came, apparently. <laughs> allegedly. We we don't know. We don't know. But it's yeah, allegedly. Yeah. It's all alleged. Yeah, allegedly. So yeah, South Africa don't take drugs. Allegedly. No, it's the other way around, isn't it? No, yeah. South Africa <laughs> take drugs. Allegedly. Sorry. It's one of those. It's one of those. I'll get it right. Allegedly. Yeah. They allegedly don't take drugs. That we'll find out, right? But anyway, so it was a, a sh- shall we say, a second team. There was quite a lot of optimism with Australia with this squad and Eddie Jones and the new people were going. Oh, this Australia team looks decent. Oh, look, look, look at the bench. You know, they might do South Africa, South Africa second team, and then South Africa just pumped them, and it wasn't even Australia are shambles. Like, they've got no players. Name that, like, they've got Will Skelton. Name their front row. Name their front row. No one has a clue because they're rubbish. Yeah. Second row, yeah, Arnold and Skelton, they're decent. Back row, there's Michael Hooper, and then he carries the other two blokes that play alongside him, and he's done that for the last 10 years since yeah. that Pocock leg stop. Nick White, he's an all right player, but, like, no one's going to get excited about Nick White, are they? Quade Cooper was good 10 years ago. I have no idea who their 12 is. Who's their 12? Uh, their 12 this week was um, Reese Hodge. Yeah, well, case in point. Reese Hodge. Reese Hodge. They had Karevi on the bench. Yeah, right. And then they've got a coach that's a moron. So what, what, you, <laughs> what do you expect? So have you seen the... Uh, so South Africa won this game 43-12. Um, the new... Superstar winger Vunivalu, is it Vunivalu? Was on uh, was on the wing and Jeslin Colby number two, Arenzi, Kurt Lee, um, scored a hat trick on his wing and just did him in all game. And then uh, Eddie Jones is in South Africa, and you know how you know how gracious South Africans are, the press, the fans when they lose and when they win. They're such a such a lovely group of people. Basically. 
the South African journalist ask Eddie Jones something like he said, uh, have you seen this, by the way? Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, so he asked him, oh, you, you said that you didn't you didn't want to see, uh, you said you were upset that you didn't see the real South Africa. Are you still upset that you didn't that you played the South Africa second team because it could have been a lot worse or something to, something like that? And Eddie Jones kicked off. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. I did. Like Eddie Jones, pot kettle black. Like he isn't allowed to criticize any journalist for lacking respect. <laughs> he lacks so much respect for the teams he coaches. It's embarrassing. He lacks respect for the players and the teams and the nations he coaches. He doesn't care. And people keep hiring him. I don't understand why you'd hire him. We lost to Argentina at home, and he didn't care. He was like, yeah, well, that happens. And it's like, no, it doesn't happen. We don't lose it to Wickham to Argentina. Why, why are you not bothered? So I don't care about Eddie Jones. I think he's, I think he's lost it completely. I think he's done. Yeah, I think he's done. I reckon he, I think he has the, these, like, plans for greatness so I don't know how, how you expect the team to be great with Reese Hodge at 12 is beyond me yeah no that's I, I think he was in the team for his kicking for kicking long penalties because Pretoria is obviously altitude um, I guess South Africa don't play the most expansive rugby so you think maybe a long-range penalty or a couple of long-range penalties might help. But why they had Karevi on the bench and Reese Hodge playing 12 is, yeah, didn't really understand that one. He just ruins teams. That's what he did with England. Like, he was good when he just went, I'm just going to win every match and not worry yeah. about long-term plans. Whereas now he's going to this, like, all about a World Cup final. All he's proven is he's good at losing them. And everyone like, oh, he was a consultant with South Africa when they won it. Well, I could have been a consultant with South Africa when they won it. I could have been a consultant <laughs> on God knows what. Pick Rick to Matfield and back his both there. There you go. Uh, well, what, what the hell is a consultancy role? Like in <laughs> rugby coaching. Yeah. No, that's fair. I, I have slightly less... Uh, I think Eddie, I still like Eddie Jones. I, I don't know whether he... I still think he overcomplicates everything. Um... And the fact that you have to prepare for four years for one game or something just seems mad to me. Like, it's uh... what seems mad to me. What seems mad to me is this idea that you prepare by losing games. Surely, if you win games, you get more confidence that you can win the World Cup. Like, if Australia get battered by every team, and then Eddie Jones says, "Don't worry, lads, I've got a plan," I'd be like, "Don't think your plan's that good." To be honest, we're not going to win the World Cup because we can't even beat can't beat anyone like confidence comes from beating teams mm. like how how do you expect to like go into world cup and expect to beat a team when all you've done is get mullered by teams consistently for the last two to three years yeah it's beyond me honestly that's don't don't understand that attitude whatsoever and the other reason is i just hate i just hate the idea of, like you can lose an international rugby match. You should want to win every single one of them. Yes. No, that's true. He called the journalist a smart ass. He said he was disrespectful. Um, and he, and then he walked out of the press conference. Um, Piers Morgan-esque. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piers Morgan. Yeah. No, Piers Morgan, Eddie Jones, I reckon, could get on. 
of getting like a house on fire. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you they'd be able to to do it because they'd just be talking over the top of each other the whole time, wouldn't they? A bit like me and you. Yeah. But who would you listen to, Eddie or Piers? I'd listen to Eddie, mate. I can't stand Piers. I think Piers Morgan's a yeah. Piers Morgan's not a fan. Or... Nah, I hate him. I actually quite like Eddie in the press. Like he's he's a good character to have in rugby if he's not coaching your team. Yeah, I just he's like how he's a journalist. That's funny, but it's all right to wind up journalists when you're winning, or to like wind people up when you're winning. If you're winding people up and you're losing, it's not a great look. I loved him when he said, "We're going to go and batter Italy." That's yeah. it. That's that's why I, I don't want Steve Borthwick saying we're going to focus on the processes of clarity. Don't, I'm not interested in that. We're playing Italy, we're going to batter them. We're England. But I think, yeah, he got he got a bit carried away, didn't he, when he said like after we got to the World Cup final, and he said, "I want this team to be the best team of all time." And then that was like the hype trip, the World Cup hype train, and then we just we just got worse. Yeah, we got so bad under him. Yeah. But that's what happens when you don't pick the best players, but that seems to be a really hard concept to explain to rugby coaches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. But, um, no, so... So, yeah, I mean, the next round of the next round of games... Oh, by the way, you went to see... Um, did you go to see it with Pete? With Pete and... Yeah. Yeah, he was in the pub. There was a brilliant moment where Jules brought him. He was eating his steak and chips. So Pete was sat by himself. Yeah. He he was with us and then he ordered food. So he went and sat at the table right in front of the big screen at the Dubliner by himself. And he had a glass of wine because he loves a glass of red wine with his steak and chips. And as he was eating his steak and ch- chips and drinking his lovely glass of red wine, Jules decided to order a shot of Mintu for everyone. What and he didn't do so mint is like finished vodka but it tastes of mint so it's basically like a shot of mouthwash oh so he um jules tells pete that it's red wine that he's buying everyone like a little glass of red wine so pete's like yeah and then it comes and pete looks at it, it's like what is this and then everyone shots it and pete shots it so i'm not sure the rest of his meal was as good <laughs> as the start of his meal <laughs> I think with context, Pete is every rugby club has has the old bloke, don't they? It seems like every rugby club in in the world basically has the one bloke who seems to have been at the club for years and is the hardest bloke in the club. Any guy who's in his sixties or seventies and is still in a rugby club playing rugby is hard as fuck. And- when he arrived when he arrived, because obviously it's been shearing sheep for years and just yeah. a massive, like, but Pete, old, yeah, Kiwi if, bloke. If we just, yeah, so Pete was, is, is a Kiwi, um, played rugby in New Zealand, but is also a, a, a farmer, a sheep sheep farmer or sheep shearer. And he split his last however long, 40 years, between Norway and New Zealand. 
teaching Norwegians basically how to shear sheep properly and raise sheep and and do all that stuff. So he he's he's hard as he's hard as nails. He's the guy when I broke my finger to tell me told me just to strap it up and stop being such su- such a baby girl. And then he nearly crushed my other hand with his with his vice grip handshake. <laughs> yeah. So when Greg when uh sorry not Greg when Pete's in town and he tells you to go to the pub to watch rugby, you go to the pub to watch rugby. He's uh that kind of that kind of bloke. Yeah, because what I was going to say was when he arrived, I like put both my hands under my bum and hit him because I wasn't shaking that hand ever again. <laughs> After having like, I shook my hand once and I, he still hasn't recovered. Yeah. No, he's, he's still out of place. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a hard bloke and he's a, he's a passionate, he's a passionate New Zealand fan, which, uh, and I guess he was, he was chuffed on the weekend. The most yeah. un, unsurprising result. New Zealand battered Argentina. 41-12. Damien McKenzie started at 10. Over Richie Mwanga and over Bowden Barrett. How did you think he went? He went well, I think. Good, wasn't he? He's clapping. They they all just look good. But if you're getting the ball off Aaron Smith, it's a hell of a lot easier to play 10. The pass is just so good. It's It's just an arrow. It's perfect. But yeah, David McKenzie looks good at 10. I think it'll be interesting when they come up against South Africa and the South Africans just run at them. So like, just physical, physical, physical for like 80 minutes. That'll be good. Yeah. But Australia and Argentina are just nowhere near. No, it seems like a, two, a bit of a two-tier competition now, and that. It's like South Africa, Australia, uh, South Africa, New Zealand is the game to watch and then Australia Argentina is sort of the game if you've got time that you'll watch that one I find it really hard to get excited about this competition and I just don't know why I think it's just because New Zealand will win it yeah but no matter how shit New Zealand are they always just win the rugby championship it's just really and then South Africa win it the year of the World Cup which I guess is this year and then go on and win the World Cup but was there anyone else in the New Zealand Argentina game that caught your eye apart from uh, apart from D Mac? Not really. I saw. I didn't really watch it that tight, like closely, because it was kind of boring. Yeah, it's a bit one-sided. Uh... When there's no competition, I turn off like quite quickly because I'm just there for like competitive games. Yeah, not really that bothered about watching some teams score lots of brilliant tries, but they're already searching it up. So Peter Tao does a little chip or whatever and everyone goes wild and says he's the best player in the world but he hides whenever it's tight. But yeah, that's not me criticising another world-class player. <laughs> some some players out there, they're just there for like when they're 20 and up and then they'll do loads of skills but they'll do nothing. They'll do absolutely nothing in a tight game. But in a, in a game where, you know, flat track, they're already 20 points up, they'll just look amazing. Yeah. What was it? Flat track pony or is that what you said? Flat, flat track bully. Yeah, flat track bully. I prefer flat track boat pony. Flat track pony. That's quite good for it. Yeah. <laughs> a flat track pony. Directly, he's not got the minerals. Honestly, he has like two highlights a season and every time I ever watch him, he does nothing. Same with Ran Rangra. I, I like, don't, I don't understand the hype around these players at times. Bristol have been rubbish all season and but yeah, they've got these two world-class players that are meant to be able to turn a game on its head. But 
which they do against Newcastle. That's Newcastle. Kiri one is a bit like that, eh? Yeah. Well, Don Brandt can be like that. Yeah, Don Brandt's like that as well. Yeah, just very good when they're dominant, but when they're not dominant or they're playing against good players, don't really do anything. Yeah. And then you've got other ultimate ultimate one of them. Chelsea, yeah. If he didn't have uh, Juan Smith and Schogberger doing all the eye gouging and uh, stamping on people's testicles and rucks, he would have not have looked good. But how when he got the ball in Spain, oh my god, he was brilliant. Yeah, you can't really, yeah, like you can't really have a player like that in international rugby because they have to work all the time. You need like someone who's like actually got the balls to use their talent when it's 7-7 and not only when it's like 33-3 for you then they'll do a chip and chase and look amazing but when it's 3-3 they'll do absolutely nothing Colby's like that though he uh, he wins games just because he's so good yeah but that's the difference like it's a tight yeah. game and he wins the game Pierre Tao it's a tight game and does nothing Yeah, that's my point that's why I don't really care about Pierre Tao so, like, from uh, one overrated fullback in Tom's eyes to maybe one of the most overrated players of all time has announced his retirement immediately from all rugby. And that's... Uh, Freddie Stewart. Freddie Stewart. <laughs> Freddie Stewart. Freddie Stewart. Please, please. Freddie Stewart, please. Stuart Hogg. Oh, has announced his retirement immediately. He'd already retired from international rugby and now he's retiring from all rugby. I personally think he was massively, massively overrated. Hey, the butcher of Scotland was not massively, massively overrated. He was a great player for England. No matter tries, he would butcher <laughs> by himself. Just a great player. I'll miss him, I will. He was like the kid at school who's played in the team he was better than everyone else at football he tried to do everything on his own and then wouldn't like would try and shoot from 20 yards rather than pass it to you in to score an open goal nah Stuart Hogg reminds me of this is quite niche do you remember Luca Toni in the Euros about 10-15 years ago where he just missed everything <laughs> he did everything right but would just miss and yeah I swear I swear the commentator said this on Luca Toni he said, I was asking the Italian coach about if he's surprised about Luca Toni's finishing. And the Italian coach goes, no, not really. He misses all the time in training as well. <laughs> and that's how I feel about Stuart Hogg. Like, you just have to play him because you think that this is the game where it will all click and he will, like, win his opportunities. But it never quite did, did it? He'd always pass it into touch or to the I'd never pass it. Or just run into contact himself. I'm going to miss Stuart Hogg. As an England fan. As an England fan, yeah. I'm going yeah. to miss him a lot. Yeah, now they're going to have to play Blair King on a fullback, and that's not going to be good for us, is it? No, she can probably finish things. <laughs> so, the I mean, the Rugby Championship is, is well underway, uh, but there's another international tournament happening, this time for the the kids, and it's the, the Under-20s World Cup, where... We now know the final. It's going to be France versus Ireland. 
Um, Ireland convincingly beat South Africa in the semis, and France less convincingly beat England in the in the other semi final. Did you manage to see any of these games? Yeah, I watched both of them on YouTube. Yeah, for those yeah. that don't know, you can yeah the you can stream these games free uh, on YouTube. So if you just go on um, World Rugby, then uh, you'll get a free you'll get a free stream streaming link to watch these games. And I mean, I'd recommend watching them because the level of rugby is is really good. Oh, it's brilliant! It's such it's, good rugby. Yeah, it's really really good. And it's uh, proper. This France team is, <laughs> I reckon they'd beat a lot of, and made the Ireland team actually, but definitely the France team, I reckon they'd beat a lot of actual international teams <laughs> at the minute. Because they are Henry Tuolangi's son. So Henry Tuolangi, one of the biggest rugby players ever. A man who struck fear into the heart of South African back rowers. When a South African back rower says you're big, that's like a different level of big, isn't it? And his son was playing second row for France, and he's what 148 kilos or something at 18 years old. He's an absolute machine. Yeah, and this French team is scary. Shall we? Shall we start? I mean, we let's start with the um, let's start with the England France game because that was a it was a better game um, apart from the. It's better than the Ireland's after one. England played well for sixty minutes, but then the yellow card kind of, kind of put a halt to things, and France France ran away with it with some brilliant counter-attacking tries at, at, at the end. What did you make of this game? I think it's France man for man are a better team, like skill wise. Each of their players is a better player. Well, the majority of their players are better than their opposite uh, number. Yeah. They've got more ability. They've got more. They seem more athletic and they seem like they have better, like, ball handling ability and better ability just to beat a man or create something by themselves. So I think that was the difference because England, they seem to have to. England always seems to have to rely on a whole team playing well for England to play well. Whereas other nations seem to be able to have two or three players that will just be able to do something. Whereas England, yeah. even at like the top level, it's like Ben Youngs is never going to do anything by himself. Like the whole team has to play well for Ben Youngs to look good. And it's like I think it's insane with the under twenties. Like the only exception might be Cunning himself because he seems to be able to just dominate. But that's because yeah. he's massive. Do you think aggressive? Yeah, do you think someone like Cunningham South is good? Because he looks class. But do you think he's looked brilliant because he's so much bigger than everyone else at under-20s level? Or do you think he's going to be brilliant anyway? No, I think he's going to be brilliant anyway because he runs really aggressively. Yeah. I think he's just going to be... And I've seen him play for London Irish and he looked brilliant whenever he's come on for London Irish. He's looked like a proper player. So I think he's going to be class. But I think a lot of English English players they play like well within their talent levels. They're always worried about making sure they don't make a mistake. Whereas the French, they seem to make loads of mistakes, but at the same time they make loads of breaks. Yeah. You watch Dupont. Dupont never has a game where you're like, he's never made a mistake in this game. He makes loads of mistakes every game. 
But when it pays off, it's a try. And it pays off quite a lot as well. But every time I've ever watched fun, there'll be like an offload that goes to the ground as the opposition picks up or an offload that goes into touch or he gets isolated and turned over. He never has like a perfect, perfect game how we would imagine it. He'll make more mistakes than Ben Young's in a game. But he would also make a hell of a lot more chances than Ben Young's in a game. Yeah, he's taking risks. Yeah, but all the French players, yeah, exactly that. Like, the French players are much more willing to take risks and go for it than the English players are. But they also seem to have a higher level of skill and talent than the English players seem to have as well. So that was my take on it. I'm starting to... Because generally, I do I like France, and I and I was really happy that they that they came back and they were good again. Um, but now, with the under twenties and the senior team and the French league, I'm getting sick of, of being shit at them. I'm getting sick of losing to France all the time. I I really want to do them in the World Cup. I've got a theory on this. When Jules moved to Oslo, so Jules is a French lad in our team about 18 months ago, I've never seen England beat France in anything. <laughs> and he's always there. He's always there and he always reminds me of it. I've never oh, seen yeah, England beat France in anything since Jules has arrived. Every rugby game, we watched the, the football court final with him. Yeah, we've he's always there and we always lose. Yeah, it's him. He's the problem. He needs to go. He needs to get back to France <laughs> ASAP. Um, but yeah, I mean, any, apart from, um, so you said Cunningham South for England. I think Lewis Chesham is going to be a monster. Uh, he, you know, he looks like a, like he's going to be better than his, better than his big little brother. Um, I think the, the, the prop, the tight end prop for England looks an absolute beast. I think he he might even be able to do a job in the in the senior side because he's got no tight heads. Um, but apart from that, who did you who who impressed you and who do you think is one to watch in either the England team or the French team or or both? Pick number six for France is one to watch. He was yeah, awesome. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked really. really the England good. ones, I think maybe cutting themselves and Chesson will make it. The rest of them, I think, they're done. I think might see them at Newcastle, but. I don't really. I didn't see any anything that special. Like the scrum half, I didn't think he was up to much. Bracken, I think yeah, that's Kieran Bracken's kid, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a classic case of English rugby knowing people. Yeah, you're in for a bit of nepotism. Yeah, a little bit of nepotism there. It's my yeah. take on that selection because I don't think he was up to much. A bit harsh though, criticising on the twenties, but yeah, stuff it. Uh, the French knight. I mean, if you compare him with the French knight, what? Uh, yeah, French knight. Knights and class. Yeah, there's just miles, huge gap between them. Like the French nine seemed to have to spark something if he needed to. But again, that French nine made more mistakes than Bracken did. Yeah. But then again, he creates more try opportunity, try scoring opportunities. What's your opinion on nines wearing scrum caps? If they're pink, by all means, do it. That's it. So if they're pink, you can wear. Them. Yeah, that's like wearing gold football boots as a striker. <laughs> you got. If put you're them good, the back of the net though, don't you? Yeah, if you're good, you can wear a, wear a really bright coloured one. 
if you're rubbish, just don't wear one. Just take the concussions. Right, fair enough. Um, so yeah, so I mean, the French look good, don't they? They've yeah, scary. It's scary that their league is the best league in the world. It's scary that their team is the best team in the world, and it's scary that their under twenties are doing so well every single year. I hope it doesn't become. I'd hope they don't become so much better than everyone else that it gets boring. But at the minute, it's really it's it's good to see uh, with all the problems that rugby's facing in the rest of the world, especially in the UK and Australia and places like that. It's good to see a a country thriving, really, um, and people getting behind them and and showing what it could be in, if things are done right, basically. Yeah, if you pick the best players, but well, no, not just that, but the whole system, isn't it? If you if you advertise yeah, well and you get people involved and you make it, you know, you make small towns who care about rugby, give them the chance to shine on the big stage and make people passionate and don't water it down with political crap, then uh, you get a really good product. Yeah. Um. Anyway, next, <laughs> before we get cancelled. On to the next one, which was uh, Ireland, Ireland, South Africa. Oh, I'm going to make friends here, right? This is my unique take on the Ireland, South Africa game. Right. Yeah, there is yeah. sort of like an acknowledged problem within South African rugby at younger age levels where they seem to get massive really fast. Yeah. Through use of illegal means, allegedly. However, the Irish team looked a lot bigger than the South Africans. <laughs> a lot bigger than the South Africans. Did they? Yeah, they did. They looked, they physically dominated the South Africans and they were much bigger lads. Some of their arms were massive. So that I thought was quite interesting. So you're saying that Ireland are doing potatoes. Lots and lots of potatoes. A lot of potatoes and lots of Guinness to put on some uh, good quality weight at a young level. And lots it's got of some gr- farmers lift. Yeah, they've got some great sports nutritionists there who've discovered new eggs. <laughs> um, i tell you someone who doesn't have big arms, but who maybe looks like the best under-20s player in the world is uh, Sam Prendergast. The uh, Ireland fly off. Yeah, everyone seems to love him. I think he's all right. Don't think he's anything that special. You don't? No. I, I think mean... he's decent, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure he's going to take over Sexton's legacy or be anywhere near the player Sexton is. I mean, it's hard. You know, it's hard to say. We've had a few of them come through in Ireland, especially. They said, you know, Harry Byrne was supposed to be the next big thing. Ross Burton's supposed to be the next big thing. So they've had a few coming through, but. I don't know. This guy, from what I've seen, the kid look. This guy looks like looks like he could he could do it. He seems to have everything you need as a as a fly off to make it. And uh, I don't know. We'll see how he we'll see how he goes in a we'll see how he goes in a final. Um, that's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, I think Ireland just look awesome now in general, right? As a like. Uh, men's team and uh, youth team they do look 
pretty pretty good. So they're obviously doing something right in how they're picking players or yeah. how they're training them or whatever. Whatever Leinster are doing, they seem to be developing a lot of talent that's pretty much world class. Yeah. No, I mean the only thing they're not doing right is winning semi finals and finals, isn't it? But we've talked yeah, about well, I've already said what I think about that. <laughs> um rugby, yeah, so it's this this weekend I think, isn't it? The final. How are these under twenties so big though? How are they this big? They're massive. Yeah, they are. I read a I read a thing. Is it just me that thinks it's dodgy? Like am I the only person in the world that thinks this is really dodgy? That we've got under twenties competing in a tournament and they look bigger than like the USSR athletes in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, I mean, you know, as they said that the the packs in these under twenty packs are bigger than like the two thousand and three World Cup winning pack. Yeah, and they're heavier than all of them. I uh, as eighteen and nineteen and twenty year but they start in the gym at such a young age, don't they? But there's always been an excuse for it, Jack. Like every time, it's like British cycling. Oh, it's just they just train harder, and then all the brown packages start arriving, and all it starts to like come out in the press that actually it wasn't training harder it was something else but they everyone, gets, everyone gets asthma at 30 years of age and then they suddenly go from being shite to being amazing yeah chris Froome, who yeah whatever chris Froome did did that thing with a pig to get off of his trucks there <laughs> you know like this like oh because the pig reacted like this then therefore i can react like this to this and then now i can get out of my court case to deal with me doing loads of drugs like yeah allegedly so I used to think it's all. I'm in the camp. Spoken mirrors. Yeah, I'm in the camp of everyone does it. Just let them do it. I'd like legalize it. Yeah, I'd like to see a twenty-six stone, like number nine, who can run hundred meters in nine seconds. Who's got like three arms, just right, you know, running into each other and just, you know. If they're willing to take the risk and that's what they want to do, just let them do it. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want people being forced into doing stuff at a young age that they don't, they're not comfortable doing. But if you want to do it, just let them do it. Like, I don't, I don't see the problem. As long as it's, as long as, you know, they're doing it in a controlled environment, then that's the main, it's like, you know, normal drugs, isn't it? What would you rather have? Some, some 15 year old, you know, injecting steroids in, some dodgy gym somewhere that some they bought off some Turkish website, or doing it with you know an actual club doctor, you know, monitoring it and making sure he's all right. I know what I'd rather. The... It's a Turkish guy. That's probably proper stuff. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. See now, because what those men get the restless from Turkey. Yeah, yeah take yeah. that, take that, yeah. take that stuff. Don't don't yeah. mess up with this doctor rubbish. Take take the proper stuff that works. <laughs> You've got you've got clear results and uh, outcomes there. Take that. Yeah, but I just think yeah, I don't know. But yeah, yeah the under twenties are big, aren't they? They're big boys. Yeah, and if they're playing like that intense rugby at like under twenties level, they're going to be so injured by the time they're twenty five. Like all of them are already taped up as it is. It's like the t- back in the day, like the guy who was thirty six would have a little bit of tape around his little finger. Now it's like some. 18-year-old lad's got half his arms strapped up, half his legs strapped up, 
Like they've got strapping all over the face already and they're like 19. But the, Can't um, see how they're going to survive. Yeah. But I mean, in, in terms of the under-20s, what, what do you make of... Because obviously this year, basically the Northern Hemisphere teams have dominated the Southern Hemisphere teams. Like we've had Georgia beating... Aust- Did Georgia beat South Africa or Georgia beat Australia? Italy beat South Africa, I think. Like we've had some really dominant results from the Northern Hemisphere um, and seems like from Southern Hemisphere media that they're all starting to shit themselves that top two teams in the world are Ireland and France the under 20s are dominating everyone, lots and lots of people are moving from the Southern Hemisphere to go play in Europe the Super Rugby is basically shite now that the South African teams aren't in it South Africa wants to join the Six Nations like what do you what do you do you think the, I wouldn't say the balance of power was shifting because I think it's been shifting for a while. Um, it's just that the Southern Hemisphere teams have won the last few World Cups. But what I mean, what's your opinion on on Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere stuff? Um, I think in the long run, not really anything that seismic is going to change. I think like everyone takes this under twenties tournament well out of proportion. Because only one or two of those players who play in the under-20s team will ever even get a look in in the national team. So that England might win it by being a really, really good... Well, no, not England, but Ireland might win it by being a really, really good organised under-20s team, which will win them that tournament. But actually, you don't want to win the tournament because you're a really, really good organised team. What you want is two or three absolutely outstanding players that can go yeah. into your national team. So I think... Yeah. I. So maybe it's Prendergast. Maybe that's like the big deal. And then the rest of them, you just sack off. Like you can go and play for Connor, Munster, Ulster. Two or three of you will play there. The rest of you, like you're done. Like, this is the biggest thing you're going to do because, yeah, we're 50. Like it's a team of 15 to 23 at under 20s. But as soon as they become professionals, all that changes. Yeah. Like it's not good enough to be the best player of your age group anymore. You have to be the best player in any age group and you've got to out-compete someone who's been playing rugby for three to four years, maybe 10 years to get a contract. Are they going to do that? Probably not. So you're, you don't read much into success at no. Chinese level? Italy could beat New Zealand at under-20s level this year. In 10 years' time, New Zealand will still hammer Italy. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, it's like... Uh... It's like the England boys have just, the under-21 football team have just won the Euros for the first time since the 80s or something. But there was a stat. The last time they got to the final was against Germany, I think in 2008 or something. And uh, seven of that Germany squad, or five of that Germany squad went on to win the World Cup. And seven of that England squad went on to play for Sunderland. Yeah, like <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I'd rather lose lose this under twenties, but have like t- like, but couldn't themselves just he gets a contract out of it. Yeah, and then can some team goes in and put loads of resources into making this guy a monster, rather than this. Oh, these are such a good team, and then they're going to be the backbone of a new team for years to come. They're not. They're not good enough. Like you just want one or two exceptional players. And if you think about it, Toje was playing for England at nineteen. Yeah, he didn't need to do under twenty. Too long, too long. He missed the under twenties because he was playing for the senior team. Yeah, like that's proper talent. Like yeah. these players, they're talented, but like most of them, never hear of them again. 
I mean, there's. I I disagree in terms of. I think we've seen quite a lot of lads who play. I think the under twenties is a brilliant breeding ground for like professional rugby and senior rugby. But we've seen loads of people come through, especially in the England team. You know, there was that. The team that got to the final had like Farrell, Ford, the Runapolas. Like they all, they all go through the under twenty system. Yeah, but um, like the majority of them will go through the under twenties. But say if you get a team of fifteen, they've all gone through the under twenties. It like yeah, they're not all going to play for England. Yeah, but so the England fifteen, if all let's just say for argument's sake, they've all gone through the under twenties. But that's a that England England fifteen is from like a fifteen year span, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's... But that would be 150 players. So it's 15 out of 150 players, which is like 10%. So literally 1 in 10 will play for England. Yeah, no, that's fair. So you're saying it's better to rely on... is to find superstars and win because you've got amazing players that are going to make it rather than win because you're really well-drilled organized team organized team because you're only there for a year and then you're going to get poisonous yeah it's a great tournament it's fun to watch and all that but i don't read anything into like an italy beating ireland or whatever like that's for me it's just pointless like you know ireland might have not played their best player in that game because they're resting him or like their club might just say to them look there's absolutely no point you going to this tournament You'll get better experience coming off the bench for us for the last half an hour in the next two games than going to play with the under-20s because you're better yeah. at that already. Well, like Cunningham South binned off some Six Nations to play for the London Irish, didn't he? Yeah, and I think that's a completely the right decision as well. I don't... Why why play under-20s rugby when you can play senior rugby? Yeah, no, that's fair. That is fair. Um... Well, let's, let's, let's look forward to the, to the weekend then. Let's... let's uh... Let's do some predictions. Let's start with the under-20s. Why not? Um, I mean, England, South Africa are playing for third place, but I don't really I don't really care about that. I, I don't think the third place game should be a thing. I think it's so... It's so anticlimactic. It's pointless. In any tournament, in any sport. just Especially in rugby when there's a huge injury risk. What's the point? Yeah. Especially in rugby where... If you don't go at it a hundred percent, you're more likely to get injured than if you go like full ham. I think in rugby, if you're winning by say fifty points with like a minute to go and it's last play and it's last play and you do like and you and you're winning and then you defend on your try line, I think that's pointless. Just let them score. Game over. Why risk um, the third place thing is just Yeah, no, it's not good. I don't I don't like it. So Especially at the end of like a tournament where you just think every game has been so much pressure, so much intensity, you know, in any tournament, in any sport. And then you have this game right at the end that no one cares about. Like it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, um, third, third, fourth, England, Alaska, don't care. The Ireland, France. You got any predictions for this one? France by fifty. Uh, I th- I think it'll be closer than that, but yeah, I still think France will France will do it. Yeah, France by forty-five then. 
from what they did in the last twenty minutes to England, if you if, if France turn it on, no one's gonna no one's gonna stop them. I don't think. Um, they've got some absolute class in that team. They've got some players that will will step up into the national team. But how? Like the competition they're gonna have. Like yeah, that nine's amazing. He's got to he's got to put Dupont out of the team. Right. Yes. They'll have they'll have a few boys that get in. I think. Um, yeah, rugby championship. We've got Argentina, Australia in Australia. Can Checker versus Jones? I think that's probably the most interesting bit of this game. Wonder if they'll have a war of words or are they mates now? I can't remember if they're mates now or not. I used to love it when Eddie Jones was England coach and Checker was Australia coach. They hated each other. It was amazing. But now Czech is Argentina and Australia Eddie's Australia. I wonder if they'll wonder if they'll trade barbs like they normally do. Yeah, they'll still hate each other. Reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Enough still. Um two teams really disappointing this week. Um not the most exciting game in the world. I'm not even sure Australia will manage to sell this one out. Um but who are you going for? Argentina. Is that because you want them to win or you think they actually will win? Because I think Australia are rubbish. I think Australia will win. Um, not because Australia are good, I just think, I don't know. Argentina is such a strange team. Like, I feel like Argentina play amazingly maybe once every five games. And then the, I've never seen them string three or four games together where they play really well in multiple games. So it might be this one that they that they do well in. Don't know. Um, and then the big one, the big one. This this will basically decide the championship. This game, won't it already? Um, New Zealand, South Africa in New Zealand. Have you seen South Africa put their team out already? Have you seen this team? Yeah, it's my my lord that is terrifying that is absolutely terrifying who have we got in here in the same team you've got Etzebeth, Diaga and Moster and Visa and Snyman on the bench and Steph the Toit on the bench and Vermalen on the bench good luck and you see <laughs> Um, yeah, that's going to be, shall we say physical? Shall we say that's going to be a physical game? I will be shocked if South Africa pass it. Yeah, ever, yeah. <laughs> Why would you pass the ball when you've got that back? Just don't pass the ball. Just let them keep going. Yeah, that, yeah, I wouldn't want to play against that. Good luck, New Zealand. Good luck. Um... What do you think? I mean, what what do you think about the result in this one? Uh, South Africa. Yeah, me too. I think South Africa will sneak it. Interesting to see who New Zealand pick, especially at ten. Whether Damian McKenzie was a uh, is looks like their ten for the World Cup, or whether that was just like a see if he can still do it, and then he will be the backup or the backups backup for 
Mwanga and Barrett. So it'd be interesting to see if Mwanga comes back in contention this game. The best thing McKenzie could do is get a last slight niggling training this week. And then come back to the Australia game. Yeah, so it be amazing. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'd go, this is going to ruin my World Cup chances there. So I'm going to get <laughs> ran out by massive blokes and I'm not really fancying it. Yeah. I'm going to get a slight niggle. I'm going to, put, I'm going to go to the physio. Like, how much does it cost for me to get out of this game with a slight niggle? <laughs> I'll go back and look at my previous x-rays. We'll change the date on one of those. We'll hand it into the coach and I'll be out for the, I'll be out until Sunday. And then uh, I'll be back. I'll be back after that. Yeah. I mean, South Africa, they're just massive, aren't they? My Lord. Uh, I reckon uh, a couple of New Zealanders, this will be their place in the World Cup gone. Do you reckon? Yeah. I think I think they'll have to go full whack against South Africa. You've got to win. Like, they need confidence. Got to, you've got yeah. to beat them at home. Yeah. Can't be losing to South Africa at home before World Cup. Got to be no, that, that is true. But that'll be a good game. So that's on at nine on Saturday. So is that in the morning? Yeah. Why would they? Oh, because make... they're playing in Argentina and South Africa, won't they? Oh right, yeah. Of course. They're playing in Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. No, yeah, so New Zealand South Africa is at nine. Australia Argentina is at quarter to twelve. Um so yeah, no pub, no pub for them, I'm afraid. But that New Zealand South Africa game is going to be a belter. Going to be a belter, yeah. I think. Be good to see those two go at it because neither of them have had a competitive game for a while, it seems. Um, yeah. No, that's. Uh, I think that's that's all we've got time for to this week. Uh, Ed, Ed, by the way, was that is that a NRF? meeting which is why you can be here today but um hopefully we'll be back next week um and let's see if we can get this podcast out this week that'd be good <laughs> yeah it's not recording one and that's put it out again oh and that's for that yeah no that's Ed's fault everyone's blame Ed we always blame yeah. the guys not here yeah right have a good uh have a good week mate and uh I hope your preparations for moving up to the arse end of nowhere are going well. Do you know how many pairs of trainers I've got? It's doing my head in. I'm going to have to sacrifice some of my trainers. Loads. Endless pairs of trainers. How many trackies are you bringing up? Yeah, that's the other thing. I might have to sacrifice a couple of track suits as well. <laughs> I'm not sure that office wear, but you know. Yeah. Fair enough. Not for an eco- economist anyway. Yeah. You're gonna to have to get a shirt, get a posh, get a posh shirt. Yeah. I'd give, I'm gonna to have to sacrifice the posh coat as well. <laughs> Need someone a bit thicker than that going up there. But... Yeah, I know. So many clothes I've said goodbye to over the last week. But I'm just like, <laughs> can't, can't afford to take you up there with me. You're not good enough. Are you just taking like one small bag, or what are you doing? You're not bringing your whole life up there with you. No, I'm gonna take like two bags. It's the plan. Like suitcases or bags? Yeah, suitcases. But the thing is, I've got to take my tennis rackets with me as well. Ooh. Even though there's no tennis up there. But I can't leave them. I don't know what to do with them. Do you have to take one of those, do you have to take one of those tiny, like, uh, Vida planes up? No, I'm taking uh, SAS and then I, and so I don't have to, like, take one of those, like, 1940s one little lighter planes. Yeah. Yeah. Flight I have to take a spit flight. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
we'll catch you in a bit and uh, I hope everyone has a good week and um, enjoy the rugby on the weekend and we'll see you. Yeah, we'll see you next time.